0: Our scripture reading for this morning is Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse 25. If you'd like to read along in your blue pew Bible, you'll find that on page 194. Hear now the word of God through the apostle. So then, putting away falsehood, let us all speak the truth to our neighbors, for we are members of one another. Be angry. But do not sin, do not let the sun go down on your anger, and do not make room for the devil. Thieves must give up stealing. Rather, let them labor and work honestly with their own hands so as to have something to share with the needy. Let no evil talk come from your mouths, but only what is useful for building up, as there is need so that your words may give grace to those who hear and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with which you were marked with a seal for the day of redemption. Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger, wrangling and slander together with all malice and be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. Amen.
1: We started this morning's service with a call to worship and the words, I will praise the Lord with my whole heart. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart. Christianity is not simply a religion of the mind and the intellect and decisions, but Christianity is a religion of all your heart. It's wonderful in those moments that we feel we love God with all our heart. I think it's one of the greatest things in life to be passionate about something. In those moments when we are passionate about something, it just, it does something to us. I suppose that's why people like to get so passionate about the huskies and the cougars. But there's something inherently good about being passionate about something. I believe this is why God has given us the gift of emotions. And I'm starting a series of three sermons today on the gift of emotions. And we're going to look at one of the most difficult of the emotions today, and that is the emotion of anger. If we want to love God with all our heart, Then this brings into play all our emotions in the Hebrew world when it said love God with all your heart. And in the Bible and the New Testament, when it uses heart, it's talking about the seat of our emotions, the center of our being. But the the ancients thought that all our emotions had their origin from the heart. So loving God with all your heart means love God with all your emotions. Now, anger is one that can get in the way and is very difficult to deal with. I ran across the following true story in the International Herald Tribune, January 19, 1982. Now, that's a European paper, English newspaper. If you've been in Europe, that's the main English paper, the International Herald Tribune. It said. A man in Bellevue, Washington. This is 1982. If any of you remember reading about this incident, come and tell me afterwards, because I'd like to hear about it. A man, this is how the article was in the paper. A man in Bellevue, Washington was so angry that his car got stuck in six inches of snow in the first snowfall of the season. That he took out the tire iron and he smashed all the windows of his car. Then he took out a gun and he shot the four tires. (laughs) And then he emptied the rest of the gun into the car. He killed the car. Bellevue Police Major Jack Kellum called the strange case of an irate motorist a case of autocide. <laughs> he said the man was sober and rational, but very perturbed. <laughs> Anger can propel us to do things that we would not do if we were sane at the moment. Anger has a tremendous source for good and for doing evil. Does the Bible say anything about never being angry? Some people have, have said, well, the Bible says never be angry. That a Christian is not to be angry. Does the Bible say anything about that? Well, in our text... Paul said in Ephesians 4:26, be angry and sin not. Now, that's an interesting statement. Be angry and sin not. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Certainly, then, it is possible to be angry and sin. That's quite possible because Paul says be angry and don't sin. Most of us, probably, we get angry and we do sin. Being angry in itself is not wrong or unhealthy. There is, in fact, an instance where Jesus was angry, and it says specifically that in Mark chapter 3, verse 5, Jesus was about to heal the Man with the withered arm and he could see that the Pharisees were already getting upset at him because he was going to heal somebody on the Sabbath. And we read. He looked around at them with anger. Jesus looked around at them with anger. He was grieved at their hardness of heart. Now. Let me talk about some unhealthy ways of dealing with angry first with anger. And I've gone through at least three different stages of dealing with anger in my own life. I was taught somewhere early on that anger is not good and that it's better if we never get angry. So. I would deny my anger. I would pretend that I had no anger And I would cover it over so completely that I would not only fool others, but I think I would fool myself. And if I started to feel some anger, well, then I'd I'd do this thing where I'd say, no, no, you know, good, strong people don't feel anger. And the anger would disappear. Where would it go? I don't know. I just thought I was one of those superior people who had learned how never to get angry. I did start to wonder if there was any correlation between my treatment of anger and the fact that I would get depressed three, four times a year five, six times a year, and that they usually last three to five days. And I would be quite depressed. I could still function, but just barely during those times. And finally, at about the age of 35, I decided to see a counselor about this anger. And I learned that some of my depression, maybe all of it, but at least most of it, was due to the fact that I'd been swallowing anger. And I've come to believe, as students of human behavior say, you cannot swallow anger, you simply direct it at something else. You can direct it at yourself, you can turn it inwards and direct it at yourself, and that's a common cause of depression. Well, I went to another approach. I heard about venting your anger. And so I remember, well, one day, about 20 years ago, I came home from work, which is church, (laughs) and I was angry. And I had been angry for some time, a couple of days, and I didn't know what I was angry about. Some people know exactly what they're angry about. Well, I didn't know. I didn't know what I was angry about. I just knew I was angry. And I had heard about this, you know, go in the backyard, get a hammer, and hit some wood. So, I went out in the backyard with a hammer, and I pounded on wood. Now, it wasn't the fence, and it wasn't a tree. There was some extra wood just kind of laying around in a pile. And I hit that wood as hard as I could for, it must have been 10 or 15 minutes. So much so with my right arm that I was, I got tired of hitting with my right arm, but I was still angry. So I started hitting with my left arm and I hit this thing for 10 or 15 minutes and eventually I was exhausted. And I don't know if that did anything for the anger, but I was so tired. I stopped and I went in the house feeling exhausted and I thought, well, I've taken care of all this. And I forgot about the incident. I forgot about the hammering. About four days later, I started to have this pain in my elbows. (laughs) First, my right elbow and then my left elbow. And it was very painful. And I went to the doctor. And I said, I've got this pain in my elbows. I've never had anything like this before. He said, well, what have you been doing the last week? What sort of things have you been doing? I told him about the, uh, you know, the episode with the hammering the wood. And Well, how long did you hammer it? And uh, was it hardwood? And uh, well, you check out all right everywhere else. So my guess is you bruise your tendons or your muscles and you have what's often called tennis elbow and it'll probably go away. Well, you know, that never went away. In fact, I was playing golf. One of the two times I played golf, and Jim said to me, how come you're wearing those two black bands on your elbow? And I said, oh, it's a long story. I'll tell you sometime. Well, this is is it, Jim. (laughs) Whenever I play golf, I have had to wear these two straps, which the orthopedic surgeon said would help with the pain, and it does, so I decided I needed some other approach, <laughs> that venting was not going to be the answer. Now, that was a case of anger, of an inappropriate response to anger by acting aggressively toward myself. And I actually wounded myself. Very frequently, we respond to anger by acting aggressively toward another person. Now, aggression and anger are two different things. Aggression is an attack that aims at inflicting injury on someone else, getting even, making them hurt, demeaning them in some way. That's aggression. It's a form of anger expression, but it almost never has positive consequences. And most psychologists that I've read about now do not recommend aggression in personal relationships. Dr. Albert Bandura, a professor at Stanford, says that behaving aggressively toward another person almost always leads to more aggression. It doesn't solve anything. It just escalates. The aggressiveness. Statistics are published each year, and you've all seen them, that somewhere between one and a half to two and a half million children are physically abused by their parents, that somewhere around two million women are physically abused by their husbands. Family violence may be the most common crime in America. It is clear that the world in general, in particular, has not learned how to deal very well with anger. One incident of striking in a family, in a marriage, is very serious. In a marriage, I strongly recommend that the person who is struck insist that the other person get counseling. And if the other person is not willing to get counseling, joint counseling, because they're both involved. If the other person is not willing to get counseling, then I say to the person who's been struck, you need to look out for your own well-being and there needs to be some kind of separation. And I don't believe that God ever intended for a marriage to include striking by either spouse of the other it is also possible to express our anger aggressively with words a woman in her 50s said this past week my mother told me when i was 12 this this is n- nobody who's in this church or lives in this area my mother Told me when I was 12 that she wished I'd never been born and that I've wrecked her life. Her mother told her that when she was 12, and here at 50, she's sobbing as she's telling this to another person. And the other person told me about this incident this past week. Freud was, Sigmund Freud was eight years old, his father told him. You'll never amount to anything. Freud remembered that for 50 years and wrote about it in his 60s that his father had said that to him. Yes, there are words that can wound and leave scars forever. And this is why Paul recommended be angry and do not sin. There is a big red flag when you get to anger. It is possible to be angry without denigrating or injuring someone else. And that's the trick that we need to spend a lifetime learning. In order to deal with with anger in a healthy way, we need to know why we are angry. And I needed counseling to start figuring out why I'd ever get angry. For probably 45 years, I never had any idea why I would get angry. Now here's the sentence, if you're going to remember one sentence out of the sermon, here it is. Nine times out of ten, we are angry because we were hurt, threatened, or frustrated. Nine times out of ten, we are angry because we were hurt, threatened, or frustrated, and most of those were because we were hurt. Somebody hurts us, we get angry. Sometimes it happens so quickly, we're not even aware of being hurt. We just know we suddenly got angry. But we go back and examine the incident, somebody hurt us. Or in our minds, we were hurt by someone else. If I can identify the incident which caused me the hurt then I can deal with the primary source of anger. Now, this is very important. And in the Bible, it says we are to deal with it quickly. Quickly. That's a little death scant I threw in in the voice there. You know, the voice kind of <laughs> went up four notes. There. Ephesians 4.26, Paul said, be angry and do not sin. the very next words, he said, do not let the sun go down on your anger. In other words, deal with it quickly. Don't wait to nighttime. Deal with it. And amazingly, Jesus said somewhat the same thing in the Sermon on the Mount. In Matthew 5, 23, Jesus says, if you are angry with a brother or sister, When you are offering your gift at the altar, if you remember that your brother or sister has something against you. Leave your gift there before the altar and go first be reconciled and then come and offer your gift. In other words, Jesus is saying, if you're in church worshiping and you realize that you're angry at somebody, it is so important that you deal with that, that you should leave right away. Leave your gift at the altar and go and be reconciled to your brother or sister. It's not not good to say, well, I'll take care of this next month or next year or six months. No, deal with it right now. If somebody gets up from this sermon and leaves right now, I will assume you are being obedient to Jesus and you are going to be reconciled. You're going to be reconciled to somebody right away. And then he says, come back. As soon as you've done it, come back to the altar. Because anger that is not dealt with turns to bitterness. And it lingers. And it eats away. And it has physical repercussions on us." It is so important to deal quickly with your anger that the Bible says, don't go to sleep angry. Don't go to church angry. Deal with these things as soon as you can. Immediately. It is fascinating to me that there's two places, at least in the Bible, that we've looked at today where anger is being discussed. And it talks also about forgiveness and reconciliation. That was Matthew 5, Sermon on the Mount. Jesus saying, if you're angry, leave and go and be reconciled. Well, reconciliation involves forgiveness. Paul said in this section in Ephesians 4, be angry and do not sin. And he ends the whole section with these beautiful words on forgiving one another in Ephesians 4.32. Put away from you all bitterness, wrath and anger and be kind to one another, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. So anger and forgiveness are related in dealing with anger in a healthy way. Once I become aware that I am angry because I was hurt by someone. Then I can start to deal with the issue of going to that person. When we tell someone they've hurt us, and here also in Ephesians 4, Paul says, speaking the truth in love. We go to someone in love and we say such and such an incident was hurtful. Normally, the person will apologize. And ask our forgiveness. And then we need to forgive them for what happened. So forgiveness is involved in dealing with anger. Sometimes we tell a person they've hurt us. They have hurt us and they will not apologize. And instead we get something like, well, that's not what I meant at all. Or, well, you shouldn't feel that way because this is what I meant. And we may feel we're not being hurt at all. And it may be that reconciliation is not possible in that case because the person is not accepting us as we are, just as we need to accept them. Does that mean you have to remain upset by being hurt by somebody if they don't forgive you, if they don't ask your forgiveness? No. You can still forgive them and you can be free of any bitterness or anger that you have over that incident by forgiving them even though they've never asked for your forgiveness. But the two of you will not be reconciled with each other until they can listen to what you have to say. But you can be free by forgiving them. It's a very difficult problem to deal with. I've heard people say so often in talking about anger or a situation in a family where they explode and they blow their top and they, they say, well, that's the way I am. You know, that's just the way I am. And the world has to learn to deal with me. As if we, we can't change. A leopard has its spots and the leopard is stuck. With the spots. Well, I can prove to you right now that we can change the way we express our anger. Would you like me to prove it to you? <laughs> have ever have you any of you ever been in the situation where you are starting to engage in a uh, shall we say heated? Discussion with your spouse or a family member. And it starts to, the volume gets elevated and, no, I didn't say I'd come in at six. I said I'd come in at five o'clock. And the phone rings and you go to the phone and you say, hello, how are you? Have any of you experienced that? Ever seen that happen? (laughs) Evidently, we can have some control over our anger expression and how and when we choose to express it. If you have an anger problem that you've not been able to figure out, and I would suspect in a number, a group this size, there are some of us, many of us, maybe most of us, I don't know, who have some challenge with anger and you've not been able to figure it out. And you've just sort of written it off and you're totally unaware of it. You, you may even be totally unaware that a third or a half the time you, you come across as angry. You just, there's kind of a anger underneath everything you do and say little barbs you say it nicely but there's an anger there this is where we need the help of the body other Christians can be such a great help if you're in a group a small group or a Bible study or a big group that studies the Bible and words of the Bible like the choir and some of the people say to, you, say to you, you, you've got an anger problem, or however they say it. I would guess 99% of the time they're right. Listen. If a spouse has been saying to you, you have an anger problem, Listen. I would say 95% of the cases I've experienced as a counselor and as a minister counseling in these situations, when one spouse says to the other, there's some anger problems. We're not dealing well with anger. Listen to her. She's right. Or he's right. Now, of course, they have some problems, too, that provoke your anger. And you're blaming all your anger on them if you're aware of your anger. But listen. If you have an anger problem you've not been able to figure out, I implore you, I beg you, get some counseling help. There's wonderful counseling help available. If you have an anger problem, share with your small group. Say, you know, I I get angry and blow my top and I hurt people and I don't know how to deal. I, I don't know how to improve that. Would you pray for me and help me and give me some suggestions? That would be such a great thing to do. The body of Christ. We help one another. We love one another. We encourage one another. We pray for one another. You don't have to go on through life with an anger problem that you can't figure out. Deal with it. Get some counseling. I I said I have three. I went through three phases. Well, I gave you two. The third phase is now I discuss it with Paula. My wife, the greatest help I get, if I'm angry for a while and I don't know what's going on, I talk about it with my wife. I say, honey, I've I've been angry. It still happens. And so she'll take me through the day just like, well, what happened today? Well, what happened at that meeting? Well, then you saw so-and-so. Oh, and he threw what at you? Oh, (laughs) and how did that? Did that get you angry? (laughs) A spouse can be a great help, somebody to talk about, a good Christian friend, talk about it with them. If you are dealing inappropriately with anger, this is limiting your ability to love God with all your heart. Because, and, and that's my prime reason for preaching a series on the gift of emotions, because all our emotions are involved in loving God with all our heart. And I think that's, that's what we all want to do. As we get ready to approach communion, is there anyone that you're aware of you've been angry at for a while? When you take the bread and the cup, ask God to help you with this. Tell God you are going to work on your relationship with that person. Ask him to help you with that anger problem. And let me close by reading the scripture at the end of the section that was read in the New Testament lesson. Paul says, Put away from you all bitterness and wrath and anger and wrangling. Be kind to one another, tender hearted, forgiving one another as God in Christ has forgiven you. And all that. After he says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. Let's pray. Our Father, we pray that you would take us further along on this journey of loving you with all our heart. Father, we want to love you with all our strength and with all our heart. Because that's how you love us, O Lord. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen.